we just got done describing all the Trump all the trumpet <laughs> stuff. Yes. So now now it's time to shift a little bit into some of the other aspects because there's so much depth in this teaching. Well, there's three things we're going to talk about still ahead. All right. Number one, we're going to be talking about the ten days of awe that are getting ready to start. Basically, the awesome days. Uh, Yom Kippur, which uh, wraps those up. We're going to talk about the birth of Jesus. Now, mm. you, most everybody knows it's not at Christmas time. And today, uh, well, actually, Sunday night, we'll celebrate his birthday, the, the birth of Christ. And the other thing is we're going to take a prophetic look. What this 5783, the year that we're coming into, what does it mean? What are the significant things? What is God telling us? What mm -hmm. is he preparing us for? So I'm going to break all that down for yeah. you. So if we're going to start that right now with... Kind of just a preview of the next 10 days, because remember, these days are just rather significant. These the awesome days are awesome for many reasons, but they're days of awe. So Leviticus 23, Jehovah spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them the feast of Jehovah, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. These are my feasts, which you shall proclaim at their appointed times or in their seasons. So. Time isn't just flowing along randomly. You're not alone. You may be confused, but it's, it's not just happening to you. You're on a journey to somewhere with a purpose. We're told to set up signposts, make landmarks, set your heart toward the highway, the way in which you went. Turn back, O Virgin Israel. Turn back to these your cities. That's in Jeremiah 31. These feasts are markers on the road. That's why, if you ever wonder, why does he obsess on these things? That's why. They're markers on the road. They keep our eyes on him and where we're going. So the Sabbath rest, seventh of every day. <laughs> seventh of every day. Well, he's been up too early. Seventh, of, <laughs> seventh day of every week is the Sabbath rest. It reminds us that Jesus is our rest. It's the question, are you resting or are you striving? Hmm. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, Passover, and the Feast of First Fruits, it's our salvation from sin. There's an attack. You're under attack. Mm. That's what that's about. The Feast of Weeks, or Pentecost, he empowers us. The Feast of Trumpets, the Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, he is our Father and the breath inside of us. The Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, judgment is coming. We need to obey and we need to proclaim. The Feast of Tabernacles, which will be our victory partner days. That's generally when we have that. He is preparing a place for us, which is to say the best is just to come, or as the uh, Hezekiah song said, it's getting better. Getting better. The feasts are a shadow of Christ. That's the only reason to ultimately celebrate any and all of them. The earthly Jewish temple was a shadow of the temple in heaven. Jesus is that temple. In the same way that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit here on earth, we are the hands and feet of Jesus on the earth. So these feasts are part of us as Christians. These feasts were given to the Jews so they could recognize Jesus as Messiah. That worked out, I don't know. Some definitely for some, not so much. <laughs> they all point to Jesus. Many Jews saw and followed Jesus, but the Jewish nation missed it, especially the religious uh, entities. Jesus revealed himself to us Gentiles as well. Which means these feasts are also connected to us. Yeah. They mark us with the fragrance of Jesus. If they're about him, <laughs> they got to be about us. Our daily lives are supposed to be an extension of the feasts that point the Jews to Jesus. The heart and message of these feasts should always be alive in us because they're revealing Christ, revelations of him. These feasts are living testimonies of what he did and he's doing in us. Yeah. They're more than just history. They're the story, right? Yeah. Why should Christians observe holy days? Well, 
we are not under the law in that sense, uh, then why rest on a holy day or treat it like a Sabbath? They're appointed days set apart for repentance for the most part. Mm -hmm. They're days God did something significant or will do something significant for our salvation. So it's the wrong time for doing what we want. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's always the wrong time for that, pretty much. <laughs> it's always, but these especially <laughs> yeah. are acts of self-righteousness, right? Resting honors God and shows that we're not trying to do works of righteousness that will save us. Resting. Every special day that I come on and share, it's a Sabbath. It's a rest day. It's a day you stop. Sunday night to Monday, a day you stop. Today's Feast of Trumpets kicks off 10 days of awe, awesomeness which are days for us to repent and humble ourselves in his presence. Adam and Eve probably made it until day number 10 when they brought sin into the perfect world and were tossed out of the garden. That's probably Yom Kippur. God had a plan to fix their sin, good news, and their failure and their rebellion. He created feasts to prepare the people for two things, his first and second coming. They marked the beginning of the tribulation. The rapture, the second coming, it reminds us to lift our voices like a trumpet to bring in a harvest of souls. This particular weekend is really, really important. The Jews obviously don't celebrate the first coming of Jesus during the feast, but they do believe the fall feasts will mark the judgment of the world, just like we believe. Rosh Hashanah is also called the Day of Remembrance and Day of Judgment. God is said to, now this is a Jewish belief, God is said to inscribe the fate of every person for the upcoming year in the book of life or the book of death. Now, if you remember, it's been a little while, but after Moses' first visit to Sinai, he broke the tablets of God's law and had to meet mm -hmm. with God to ask him to forgive the people for the sin of the golden calf. It's this conversation that we first hear about the book of life. Oh, these people, this is Moses, oh, these people have committed a great sin. They've made for themselves a God of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book which you've written. So Moses clearly knew about it. And the Lord said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. <laughs> mm. I, I see your request. I reject it. The Talmud or oral law states that three books of account are open on Rosh Hashanah. Again, this is rabbinic belief. That's just their stuff, which actually isn't true. But uh, the fate of the wicked, the righteous, and the middle group are recorded. All right, you have the wicked, the righteous, and those somewhere in between. The names of the righteous are immediately inscribed in the Book of Life. They're sealed to live. The intermediate class is given 10 days until Yom Kippur to reflect, repent, become righteous. The wicked are blotted out in there uh, out of the Book of the Living, so that would be the Book of the Dead. The 10 days of awe, though, are when to focus on their sins of the past year, how they violated God's law, injured other people. They're to confess their sins to God and seek to make things right with those who've hurt, been hurt by them in hopes of influencing God's final judgment before their fate is sealed on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. All right, that's strictly rabbinic, orthodox kind of belief. All right, obviously, with Jesus, we have a much better deal. My dear children, this is from 1 John. I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. So in a nutshell, that's the 10 days of all, all the way up through Yom Kippur. As Christians, we're born again because of Jesus. Every day is our day of atonement. 
we have a new destiny, a new eternity that are determined by our relationship with Jesus. As we repent of our sins and put our faith in Jesus, he saves us by grace through faith. And because we do still sin, we need an advocate. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, right? The days of awe are a wonderful picture of confession and repentance that leads to forgiveness, which is available to us every day so we can live out the hope we have in Jesus. Now, these particularly 10 days are all about focusing on our choices and how they determine our destiny. Leviticus 10:11, Distinguish between holy and unholy and between unclean and clean. Every time we repent, we're turning around and turning away from a sin that we are committing. So we're changing our destiny by changing our direction. These 10 days, and I mean from Monday forward, help set the course for our year. The choices we make, directions we choose, the 10 days are like a preview of the year ahead or a snapshot of trends. So be mindful of that over the next week and a half. What you conquer now impacts your entire year ahead. Decisions count more now. I'll be back on Tuesday, October 4th, which is probably about 13 days away, to prepare you for Yom Kippur, which begins Tuesday night, runs through Wednesday, October 5th. And I'll teach in detail about that awesome of awesome days. But a quick preview. Yom Kippur is a day of total fasting. Rest, and it means absolutely no work, nothing, and prayer. It is the only holiday that fasting is explicitly commanded by Yehovah. The mm. only day in all of Scripture is Yom Kippur. You shall afflict your souls. That's the verse. Afflict doesn't mean to punish yourself, but to humble yourselves. The Jews wear white or burial clothes to live all days if they were dead. So that's the fasting part. It's humbling yourself before God, reminder that you are normal. I think wearing white is really helpful. I always do it because it just kind of keeps you mindful and keeps your mood right during that. And uh, so Yom Kippur is, uh, again, the fifth Wednesday. So if you have the ability to take off uh, on Wednesday, October 5th, it'd be a good thing. It's Yom Kippur. Take time, mm. fast, and be still with God. It's a very powerful day.